Happy Monday, everybody. This is Matt Zivich once again, coming to you a little over half hour after President Joe Biden gave some remarks regarding the status of the COVID-19 vaccine and the facts that 71% of Americans have at least one dose, which is very excellent news. But the biggest news of the day was that the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, has fully approved the Pfizer vaccine, which means that people who have been hesitant about getting the vaccine can do so. And we'll continue to stress that he, that President Biden mentioned in his short speech that they have to do this as soon and hopefully that the with 90% of the country having vaccination locations within five miles of home, except for the very rural communities out west, there is no excuse anymore. I mentioned in my blog at 40minuteshoopsfun.wordpress.com, one popular SEC school is taking steps one step further. The protocols for the students at the Baton Rouge School basically summarize the fact that any face coverings, that um, in common spaces and classrooms, but if any medical condition prevents them from wearing that, they would they could visit disability services. But if they don't cooperate, they have to go through professors have to go through a series of steps. Then they have to ask the individual student individual student to use a proper face covering. They would have to use a dual layer, by the way. Which means if they have the primary paper mask, then they have to fold it over somehow, and then you may be able to get the double layer. Basic cloth masks cover as a double layer, as far as I know. But that's what I've been using for them ever since this pandemic began. Then if they want to remain in the class, they have to use the covering. Then they would have to leave the classroom. But if they don't cooperate, then they would advise the student would be in violation of the code of student conduct. They would then be in violation of, quote, multiple sections of the code in addition to potential legal violations. Further advised that if they don't leave, they would have to call security. Then they would advise the students that they would have no choice. Then they would have to call a number in the 225 area code, room number, student name, and the professor's name. But if they don't cooperate, then they have to ask the student to join them in the hallway But if they refuse to, dismiss the class and allow LSU officials to proceed. And they mention in the PDF file, and there are under things, quote, when the interaction moves beyond step two, the individual student using the proper face coverings so the class can proceed, they have to document and submit to LSU CARES for education via the Code of Student Conduct Process. That's a lot to swallow through, basically, in the fact that, um, wow, it's, it's, it's gone way farther, far enough than what uh, people down south are mentioning. And you'll see a couple of um, videos from 2020 in my blog that underscore the point very well. But uh, some other uh, interesting uh, general news that I, uh, meant, you know, I saw on GMA3 today. Dr. Jennifer Ashton, chief medical correspondent of ABC News, had some interesting statistics today. Over in Big Ten country at the U of I, University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, 
they mentioned in one key finding, over 5,000 cases have been reported, but uh, no, then no deaths reported or serious infections. But uh, they mentioned for the 18 to 22, 23-year-olds who have been, have been saying that they were the most um, immune to the vaccine, fat chance. They can get this disease, just they, they can get this virus just as easily as anybody else. But uh, they've had some general tips, although they say the risk is generally these, these kids is minimally young, minimally low for these young students and student athletes. But here are the key tips that Dr. Ashton mentioned on today's GMA3. Number one, risk surveillance must be done within the first two weeks and thereafter during the first semester and potentially the second semester in winter when the virus is at its peak. Other concerns, possible long-term effects, including post-COVID-19 syndrome. I don't know if that's parallel to mental health, but I imagine the women will probably be more affected than the men. But again, this is just general consensus. I don't have any statistics to prove it, but I'm sure you can find that all online if you desire. Dr. Ashton also mentioned that up to 45% of cases can be asymptomatic. Take that as you wish. Now, here's the key thing to stress right here. The overall symptoms. If you are a parent with a college student off somewhere in another place when you're getting ready to, or you have been uh, unpacking their belongings to end in their, land in their campus dorms or apartments, the symptoms to keep in mind, according to Dr. Ashton, vague, cold-like symptoms, a fever, cough, or headache, anything that resembles a cold, and then once reg- proper contact tracing takes place, they would have to isolate within the 7 to 10 day limit, depending on which state they are in. Another key interview that uh, TJ Holmes did uh, today was with uh, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. He mentioned some very good news involving the Rhode Island Rams. 95% of their students are fully vaccinated. 83% of Residents 18 years of age and older have at least one dose, which is great news. But it's going to be very interesting, especially with all the schools in the SEC, in particular, not just Louisiana, but also Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. Because there was one big headline today in The Athletic, the main uh, subscriber uh, online site where you get all the key information where Sports Illustrated was the big Bible for sports fans in the 20th century. The Athletic is for the 21st. But according to the Athletic in sources with the Southeastern Conference, they have yet to finalize their COVID-19 game cancellation policies, although all the other Power 5 schools have done so already. Unlike last year when games were postponed until early December, that is not going to happen this year. Basically, if they don't have enough players to play, those games will be considered a forfeit, and the schools who suffer the virus will be penalized with a loss, and the teams that were virus-free get a victory. Very hollow, don't you think? But anyway, here's the key points worth mentioning from that little piece. Sources did confirm to The Athletic mentioned that league officials, quote, are discussing a potential financial penalty that could be applied along with forcing a team to forfeit if it does not have the minimum number of players available. What it means is the canceled games, of course, 
It would cost the league television money for ESPN and CBS. Then the schools, you know, which which teams would have to end up for calling a for declaring a forfeit, would have to receive less from the conference's revenue sharing agreement. See, it all ties up to money again. It's good. The main point is to hopefully avoid penalizing schools if those teams were ready to play or not. But as you found out last year with Bill Hancock and the College Football Playoff Committee, it really didn't matter in the end. Ohio State still got in with only six games. Still boggles my mind to this day. But it all should come down to strength of schedule, just like I always talk about with basketball and that net ranking. Strength of schedule plays a huge part. And I'm sure when we get to that point in October, I'm sure I'll probably mention in a future blog and podcast what Dan Gavitt, the NCAA Senior Vice President of Men's Basketball, will probably do similar to what he did last year. Because at least basketball will have at least a little wiggle room because you have four months before the NCAA tournament kicks off in March. Although, here's another key point worth mentioning regarding SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. He was one of the first conference officials to suggest teams that could not play because of people catching the virus. But the SEC is so far as the only Power 5 league which has yet to release a formal policy. The Big Ten released its policy today, and it reads similarly to the ones released by the Pac-12, the ACC, and the Big 12 Conference. Just to remind your people here in the Big 10, if the teams are unable to go for two teams, and if they're unable to occur on calendar days, there'll be a forfeit. They will not be rescheduled. Conference standings would be adjusted accordingly. If both teams were unable to participate in a scheduled conference game and it would be unable to be scheduled, it will be a no contest, meaning the games will not be made up. If they said also, according to the Big Ten release, three or more teams get affected by the virus, the team unable to participate would be considered to have forfeited. It would be like a mini tournament that's going to be starting up later this week, usually in volleyball. They usually have like four teams in Nebraska or Wisconsin, for example. Florida and Texas or other schools down south. In their case, according to the Big Ten, quote, a team unable to participate shall be assessed a loss. Each of its opponents a win. Conference standings will be adjusted accordingly. If team performance in the competition does not impact conference standings, and or the involved sport is one in which there are no conference standings, then there's nothing they have to do further. But basically, the other leagues, the other conferences do not mention a financial penalty. But all SEC coaches in football were informed that their programs could face a potential losing money during their teleconference last week. They want to help, you know, give more incentives to players, coaches, and team personnel to get them the vaccine. The same LSU uh, program I mentioned also for the people who actually get their first dose. President Biden talked about the fact that they they managed to get 1 million doses in the past two days. And it's been um, more of a great piece of news with uh, many more people getting vaccinated in the last week alone, the most since January. And if they're mentioning that if the number of SEC game broadcasts fall below the minimum allowed from ESPN and CBS's contracts, they would get less money. 
The schools that are, will be ready to play would not have to share the cost with schools that did not play. I think that's very, very fair. But you got to consider, as I keep mentioning in my blogs again at 40 Minutes of Hoops Fund at WordPress.com, F O R T Y, make sure you spell it right on your mobile devices or URLs on your desktop and laptop. Back in, you know, the Media Days conference in July when the big bombshell took place in front of Texas A&M's coach, when that one Houston Chronicle report spiraled the entire college landscape to be forever changed, thanks to Texas and Oklahoma bolding the Big 12 for the SEC. And I expect that move will probably be taking place in the next two years, although technically the SEC presidents voted unanimously on it a couple weeks back. You can read more about that in my blog if you so desire. Greg Sankey said six of the 14 SEC teams had reached the league's recommended threshold of minimum 80%. Lane Kiffin, the main head coach of Ole Miss, said earlier in the month his team had fully been vaccinated. They're all at 100%. Way to go, Rebels. Nick Saban, of course, the national defending national champion coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, he told ESPN last week, everybody but one player has been vaccinated. So hopefully they'll track that one guy down before they get ready to play their season opener. Kirby Smart, you know, for the Georgia Bulldogs, head man in that popular SEC school, it's always in the mix for the top four, along with, you know, Oklahoma and Ohio State and occasionally Notre Dame, if they ever get back on track. He recently mentioned that to the media that more than 90% of the Bulldogs scholarship players have been vaccinated. The final keynote, though, hopefully will send your, send your thoughts and prayers to Auburn head coach Brian Harson, He said at the SEC media days that his team only had around 59-60% of his players vaccinated, a very low percentage. But he is currently isolating home at home because, unfortunately, he tested positive for the virus last week. And it's, it's going to be wild to see what the next steps are going to be regarding how the incentives will play out. And I mentioned that with um, you know one article that Nicole Auerbach talked about on August 4th and the fact that um, they'll have to do those kind of unknowns surrounding this you know very contagious Delta variant and more breakthrough infec- infections and hopefully we'll just have to see what happens because you'll have that greater chance and hopefully how this will work out of course, you remember there now we'll have that idea. It makes sense. As she said, quote, logistically, it makes sense to set a policy not to make up games. In 2020, because leagues pushed back conference championship games for two weeks, the college football regular season extended deep into December. There is no wiggle room. Many uh, mid-major leagues, like the Sun Belt, if they cannot field a team to play a league game, they'll have a forfeit and, quote, it, would, it will be taken into account for our standings and who qualifies for their conference title. They are not able to require that athletes in their conference get vaccinated. Some individual universities have announced they're requiring it for all students who want to take classes in person, which is smart. And hopefully they'll get the proper education about the safety and effectiveness of these vaccines and they can get their less restrictive daily policies and hopefully avoid any unnecessary or unwanted risks. 
So that's basically the main gist of the conversations that took place today. But the bottom line is, hopefully we're making some headway and that the Pfizer vaccine has been proving to be safe and effective. So shout out to everyone who received it. And um, hopefully everybody will continue to observe the proper measures of wearing masks in public at all times and observe social distancing. My last few tips in the grocery store, no one abided by it. I mean, at least 